Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Our church exists to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. For that reason, we want to take a moment and let you know about Growth Track. Growth Track is a three-week class designed to help you connect with us, discover who you are, and develop your leadership. Sign up for Growth Track and get more information at creekwoodchurch.com slash growthtrack or on our Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. You know, we're starting this brand new series uh, called Prepare, and this series is much bigger than just a, a series. It is, it is a season that our church is stepping into, so I'm excited that you're here tonight, and I want to talk to you about that in just a few moments as we look at God's Word, but you know, tonight is, is a little tough for me. It's, it's a little bittersweet for me, the, uh, the uh, news that I've got to announce to you, and that is that our creative pastor... A lot of y'all know Sarah Baker, and um, she's uh, served here at the church for the last 10 years, and uh, she recently uh, shared with us that she's really feeling the call to move to Nashville, and uh, so she's going to be leaving us, and um, you know, it's never easy. Um, you know, when you have a, a staff member like, like Sarah Baker and, and a pastor like she's been, and she's poured her heart into this place. And a lot of you guys have heard her speak, and she's an amazing speaker. And although I'm really sad that she's moving to Nashville, and, and like, I don't know if she's going to go cut a, a country record up there or something. No, I don't know what. Uh, you never know. She, she might start tra- traveling with, you know, Garth Brooks or something like that. I don't know. Um, I don't know where Garth Brooks came from, but anyways, um, we, we, I just want to encourage you to be praying for her, and when you see her, hug her neck. We love her so much, and she's just been a huge blessing to this church, and she loves this church, and I know this is one of the hardest decisions that she's ever had to make to take this step of faith and uh, to move to Nashville, and so we just, Sarah, we love you, and, and uh, just, man, I want you to know how much we care about you, and let's give her a hand today, just a, a love and appreciation. If you want to write her a check, you can. <laughs> She's going to need a lot of money to go to Nashville. Um, anyways, um, let's get into God's Word. Y'all ready to look at God's Word tonight? Man, amen. Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 is where we're going to start out tonight. And um, as we look at God's Word, um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. And um, if you don't have your Bibles tonight, you can follow along. And um, on the screen, man, uh, our four o'clock is really growing. Have y'all looked around? It's like getting pretty full in here. It's amazing. Wow. You, it's because you're sharing the word. And I know that, that our, our services, is, man, our, our Sunday mornings um, are so full that a lot of y'all have moved over to this four o'clock to make room uh, on, the, on Sundays. And so thank you again for doing that. Uh, Matthew chapter five, verse six, it says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Let me read that again to you. It says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So you understand that the context of this scripture, it is the words of Jesus, and there are words that are spoken In the greatest sermon ever told, it is the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus, 
is speaking to people from all walks of life, and he says this to, to them. He says that God blesses people that are hungry. God blesses people that are thirsty, that are hungry for righteousness, for they will be filled. Would you pray with me tonight? Just bow your heads. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these next few moments. God, I pray, God, for just a a special, God, just a special moment that as we look at your word tonight and we begin this series, prepare, and God, this season that you are, are, are leading us into, God. Father, I pray for your presence, God, to be so in this place in such a powerful way tonight. And Lord, I just ask you for these next few moments that, God, you would fill all of us full of you, God. God, would you create a fresh hunger in our heart? God, would you stir our hearts? God, we ask this tonight in your name. Amen. Man, I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, I'm glad you made it to church tonight. And then turn to your second choice and tell them, you look like you need a little church. You're looking like you need some church tonight. Some of y'all need to do that with a little attitude because you're sitting next to your spouse and y'all got in a fight this afternoon and you're like, you need some church Jesus says something so powerful that he says that if you're hungry and you're thirsty for God, he's going to fill you. You know, I was thinking about different moments that we get hungry and and we automatically like to think about food. And I love food. You've heard me talk a lot about food. My wife and I are foodies and we get excited anytime anybody invites us over to eat. And especially early on in the church when we first started Creekwood, we were like, like excited if anybody invited us because we didn't have a lot of money and we were like, man, like free food, let's go. <laughs> and and the, there's a family in our church, I'm like not going to tell you their name, but they invited us years ago over to their house and we were excited. We went over to their house. You know when you walk into somebody's house and you know they can cook? There's a smell. Like there's a special anointing on their hands as they have cooked, and they've been cooking all day, and there's an aroma of the presence of God. Because you know you're not walking in there to eat like a couple, 14, like 14 little peas and a couple little carrots and a little like chicken leg. It's like there's a big old roast cooking. Isn't there a special smell to roast when it's been cooking all day? Like there's, when we walked in the house, there was this aroma, and I was like, praise you, Jesus, dying the glory. I mean, I was talking in King James because I was all excited. I was like, babe, woo, I was excited. Mashed potatoes, I was hugging everybody. I was like, I love y'all. I want to be y'all's pastor forever because y'all are awesome. And we're in there, and we're, 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 we're talking, and, and you know, like we're eating in the formal dining room. Like, this isn't some little, like, little meal. This is big deal. You know when people break out the china? They got the special dishes out. We're eating in the formal dining room. This is a big deal. 
because the man of God is there. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. We, there were other people. That wasn't just about me. All right. But I was excited. I was excited to be there. And we all gathered around, and they were putting all the food on the table and, and all it, this big old spread on the table. And we decided, like before we were going to eat, we all gathered around in the kitchen and you could, there was an opening you could see into the dining room, and the dining room table was just this beautiful spread of food. And we were getting to, ready to pray, and we were holding a hand, and I looked over to my left, and their dog had jumped on the table. Their dog's name is Junior. How many of y'all know Junior's pretty smart? Junior's on the, on the table. And he's eating the roast. We prayed real hard. I saw it, but I didn't say nothing. It was a good meal, but I didn't eat that much that night. We told him later, but they laughed and they said, uh, yeah, he does that all the time. Uh, when we left there, I told my wife, I said, babe, we got to go to the border. We got to go to Taco Bell somewhere on the border, wherever. I need some Mexican food because I'm starving. Like, let's go eat somewhere because I didn't eat a lot because I saw the dog on the table. And I left there hungry. I was starving. You know, hunger is powerful. Hunger will move you and Jesus here is speaking, and he says this word. He says, if you'll be hungry for me, if you'll be thirsty for me, I'll fill you up. You're going to sit at a lot of tables in your life, and you're going to eat a lot of things, and there's a lot of hungers in your life that are going to drive you to eat a lot of things, but nothing is going to satisfy you like being hungry for Jesus. Hunger is a part of the human experience. And you know, hungry is hunger, when you start to talk about our hunger, it's really interesting. Um, it's an interesting thing if you want to write this down tonight. Hunger is a part of your human experience. And, and in fact, when I started talking about hunger, a lot of you were reminded that you are going to go out to eat tonight after, afterwards. But you know, all of us... Um, from the day that you were born, you were hungry. Hunger is a part of us, and it is, it is something that stays with us in our life, and naturally, it is a part of our life, but also, there is a side of us that God has created that it is a spiritual hunger in our life. And when Jesus is teaching this, he's using a, a physical analogy of the human hunger to illustrate what spiritual hunger will do in your life. And I want you to understand something, that hunger is a normal part of our experience, and it is, it is, it is one of the most powerful things in our life. But when our hunger is mismanaged, when we mismanage the hunger we have, and listen, you have, have all types of hunger. There's, there's not just the hunger for food in your life. There's, you, I could make 
again, there's just all kinds of different things that you could talk about that are hunger. We have a human hunger for sex, love, power, companionship, progress, understanding, approval, money, fame, significance, happiness. Those are all part of being hungry in our life. But what happens is a lot of us have mismanaged our hunger. And we're not hungry for God. We have mismanaged our hunger in such a way that we're so full of the world and so full of, of, uh, of whatever it is that's driving you. For some of us, the hunger that we have to be approved by people. We live for the approval of people. For some of us, maybe it's the hunger to be envied. This is what makes you want to go drive the nicest car around because you want somebody to envy you and they can't really see you in the tinted windows you have in your car anyway. But hunger is, is power and there's power in hunger and Jesus says, if you'll direct your hunger and your thirst towards me, I will fill you. I'll fill your life. With a significance, I'll fill your life with, with what truly satisfies your life. See, again, we could talk a lot about the different types of hungers in our life. Listen, being hungry is a part of being healthy. When someone isn't hungry, you better get the doctor. Hunger is a normal part. If you lose your appetite, again, you better go find a doctor. And I want you to hear me when there's no appetite in your life for progress, then there's no vision for your life. When there's there, the hunger in your life for God, for, for God to move in your life, for God to fill you full of, of his presence, to be filled full of his spirit, it's a powerful thing, and the enemy will use the mismanaged hungers in your life to get you to crave and to sit at the table of all of these things that will not fill you. Do you know that, that when you're hungry, you're creative? This is why we have the inventions we have in our, in our world is that somebody got hungry to do something about a problem. When you're hungry, you're inventive. You, you find ways to, to, to make things happen. When you're not hungry, you are just satisfied. Do you know that, that when you're hungry, you're vulnerable? And God is, is drawn, God is attracted to, to the vulnerable. When you're full of God's presence, when you're hungry for God to, to move, to fill you, it is when you are the most creative. Why am I talking about this tonight? It's because, listen, I believe that we are in a pivotal moment as a church. That if we're not careful, we just become so familiar with what God has done in the past and what God is doing. And listen, God has blessed us in an incredible way. And it's very easy to let familiarity steal our hunger and our passion. 
and to rob us of what God wants to do. Where God wants to take us, we have to be full of his presence because it's going to require us to have more creativity than we've ever had in our life. It's going to require for us as a church to be more vulnerable than we've ever been in the presence of God. Do you know that for us to reach this next generation, we are going to need the creativity of God. Hunger is a normal part of your life, but for a lot of us, again, our mismanaged hunger, we have have so hungered after the wrong things. And it's taken us down a path that now we don't find ourselves hungry for God. And I'm just, I'm here unapologetically to challenge you to call us out as a church to say, we need to have a fire and a hunger for God to say, God, would you speak into us? God, would you give me creativity to reach this next generation? God, would you give give us creativity? God, we want to be so vulnerable. We we want our, our, our faith to have action. Do you know that hunger will cause you to have action? I mean, just let yourself physically get hungry. Some of you have gone out in the middle of the night to get milk because you were like, I'm going to die if I don't get to eat my Cocoa Puffs tonight. (laughs) Hunger will move you to, to action. And what happens is a lot of times as Christ followers, we begin to just become so familiar that now this is just, man, we've lost our passion for church. We've lost our passion for the vision that God wants to do through us. Listen, if, if there's not a hunger in your heart, an appetite for the things of God, to be filled full of God's presence, to fall on your knees in a brokenness to say, God, I have to be so full of your presence. See, I think I'm speaking to a room of people that have mismanaged a lot of hungers in your life, and you are at a point in your life when you look at your life and you say, you know what, I've had the cars, I've had the nice houses, I've made the big bucks, and there's nothing wrong with all those things, but listen to me, those things don't fill you up. And there's this void, this God-given void that is inside of your life that God is calling you. And just like Jesus said to those people in the Sermon on the Mount, he's telling us, you want to be blessed in life, be hungry and thirsty for me. And one of the greatest ways that we as a church prepare ourselves to be used by God is that we have to get to the heart of this and to say, God, would you create in us a hunger for you? See, if we don't do that, this becomes just a a job for us as a church. This becomes just religion. See, a lot of us, what, what we've done is we've tried to fill ourselves full of church. And there's nothing wrong with church. I love the church. There's nothing wrong with religion. But do you know that the church or religion without Jesus Christ is just empty? Then it becomes about rules and regulations, and it just becomes about us following rituals. 
And if we want to really have the heart of Christ for our world and our community and to love the people that are broken and the people that that the world has given up on, we have got to be so full of God's presence that we've got to be spirit-led, that we have to be able to say, God, I want to be so hungry for you. I want to seek you. See, Proverbs 16, 26 says, the appetite of laborers works for them. Their hunger drives them on. It's their hunger that gets, it's hunger that gets somebody out on the field to work a field. I know in Mansfield, most people in Mansfield are not working the field, but just work with me today. It's when, when, when somebody gets hungry, it moves them, it motivates them, it causes you to have a vision for, for something to creatively say, I want to take a barren field, a field that is dead, a field that does not have anything, and I'm going to get out and I'm going to work that field because there, I need a harvest to come from that field. That's what hunger does. See, the corn doesn't just grow without humans being involved in it. And God has placed this hunger, this God-given hunger in our life to be a part of this creative process on the planet. And it all starts with an appetite. Let me give you another illustration from God's word about this. In in Mark chapter 8, verse 2. This is the place that the people have been following Jesus and they have, been, they have been following him. They've been with him for three days, and they have not eaten anything. And listen to what the Bible says in Mark 8, 2, and 3. It says, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. Three days they haven't eaten anything. It's like the hunger for food really didn't matter to them compared to being in the presence of Jesus. I don't know if you've thought about that, that this passage of Scripture where these people are following Jesus, they've been walking and listening to Jesus for three days and they haven't eaten anything. That, that's hunger for Jesus. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but it was their hunger that sparked the miracle that sparked the miraculous because this is the story where God, Jesus used this boy's lunch, loaves and fishes to feed the multitude. It was their hunger that sparked the miraculous. The miraculous was sparked with a hunger. You see that the opposite of that in Mark 13 where, where there was a lack of hunger because of familiarity that Jesus could not do any great works in his hometown. It was because of a lack of a hunger. Again, how we manage our hunger will define the path of our lives. See, unmanaged, again, unmanaged hunger, it's going to bring, number one, it, it adds weight in your life. In more ways than one, not just in a physical way, in, in, in every area of your life. Some of you, you have un, the unmanaged 
hunger in your life has added so much weight and so much pressure in your life that you're in so much debt, you're, you have overcommitted yourself in a thousand different things that there's no way in the world that you could ever do anything for anybody. And how you manage this hunger, it's going to define the path of our lives. And I, I just, I want to challenge you tonight to begin to think about this and how are you doing to, in managing your hunger in your life? You know, a lot of you have heard me tell the story that the day that I was standing on 1187 and I was looking at the billboard that I wanted. I've been praying. I drove by this billboard a thousand times on 1187. And um, I mean, the day that it came open, I called Pastor Brian and I said, hey, we need this billboard. Like, send the money. Let's do it. We're going to commit ourselves to this billboard. I didn't know that the land across the street was the land God had for us. And I remember the day that I was out there looking at it, and I was standing, and I out, got out of my car, and um, I looked across the street, and I saw a for sale sign of 108 acres, and I would call it a realtor, and um, the realtor said, there's not 108 acres for sale out there. If, if there was, I would know about it. And I said, well, I'm looking at a sign, and I told him the number. We called him. We were with him. This, that same afternoon, we went and met with the owners. And I knew the moment I walked on that land that that land was the future for Creekwood. I went home and I was sitting, and I, some of you have heard this story, but let me just tell you again because I, I believe we need to be reminded of this. I'm sitting in my living room. And I'm crying. I feel the presence of God so strong. And God was asking me, do you trust me? And I said, God, I trust you. God, I would have never moved to Mansfield if I didn't trust you. God, you knew that I moved to Mansfield because you called me to move to Mansfield. I didn't move here because it was a great place to live. It is a great place to live, but that wasn't my motivation. It was My motivation was the call of God. And God... Asked me again, he said, do you trust me? And I said, God, I trust you. And he said, well, well where we're going to go, you're going to have to trust me like you've never trusted me before. And he basically just told me, he said, tell the man whatever he wants for the land, you're going to buy it. And how many of you know that's kind of crazy? My realtor said, don't do that. We did it anyway. We didn't have the money to buy it. God supernaturally worked it out that the man that owned this land said that I'm going to own or finance it for the church and I'm going to do it at 0% interest. How many of you know that you need to listen to God? Why am I telling you that? Is that I believe that we are stewarding. I'm sorry. I believe we are stewarding a big moment. God supernaturally has provided this land for this church. 
And we cannot move forward without being full of the presence of God. Because listen to me, God did not give us this 108 acres for us to just go plant some building out there. I want to know what God wants to do with this land. I want to hear what God has. I want to seek him. And I'm, listen, I'm unapologetically calling you to join me tonight to say, God, we want to be so full of you. God, we, we are so hungry and thirsty for you, God, to speak into our lives. Why is this so important? It's because the next generation, the salvation of the next generation, it is at stake. The thousands of people that will come to know Christ, the fact that that we are willing to get on our face before God in hunger and cry out to God and say, God, I don't want to have hunger for anything else but you, God. And we are going to seek you and we're going to cry out to you, God. Would you fill us full of your presence? God, would you speak to us? Would you show us the sacrifices we need to make? God, would you divinely show us? Why did God give us 108 acres? It's kind of crazy. Most churches have 10 acres. My staff is probably sick of me crying every time I talk about it. But I can't hardly pull on the land without crying. Because I'm begging God. I'm begging God to show me, to show us, because I want to get this right. I want us to get this right. God has entrusted us. Listen, to go forward, to move forward, we cannot be people that are full of ourselves. We have to be full of God. It's not going to work. You talk about us moving to two campuses as a church, us going and building a state-of-the-art ministry that we are going to reach thousands of people, that we're envisioning thousands of high school students being out at our student center. Listen to me. Us being full of ourselves, it's not going to happen. But if we're willing to, to get on our face before God and say, God, we are so hungry for you. God, we want to be full of you. We, we want your spirit to so fill us that all of us, that we as a church would rise up and move into the supernatural. Listen to me. Our hunger is going to prepare us for the miracles that God is going to do at Creekwood. When we are hungry for God, our hunger will move us to prepare ourselves for what God wants to do. This is why I, I, I'm, I'm calling you out. I'm not apologizing for this. Tomorrow night, I know it's going to, I mean, Monday night, not tomorrow night. <laughs> Monday night, I know it's going to be hot. And I'm challenging our whole church. If you love this church and you love this next generation and you love the people of this, of this city,
that have not had an opportunity to, to hear about Christ, then Monday night at 7 o'clock, you're, you're going to be out at that land with me, and we're going to stand out there, and we are going to walk around, and we are going to pray. And we're going to ask God, would God fill us? Would you fill me? See, I think of all the people in our city that don't know Christ. And it's so easy for us to lose our hunger for God to use us, for God to move through us, for God to move through us to reach our neighbors, to reach the people in this city. And I'm just, listen to me, I... I, I may not be the sharpest knife in the drawer. But I know one thing, that if I lean into God and I seek after God as your pastor, and I challenge all of us to hunger and cry out to God and say, God, we have no idea what you want to do in the future. God, you have entrusted us with a huge responsibility to steward this 108 acres that is this it's beyond anything we could ever dream of. And God, we want to be so full of your creativity. We want to be so full of your presence that, God, you would speak into us, that we would rise up as one church to move forward into the future of what God has prepared. The bigness of this moment, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. And I, I'm, I'm challenging you that, that Monday... I want to go so far to challenge you to fast. You don't have to fast food. If, if Listen, if you've got health problems or whatever, but it, maybe it's social media or, or whatever it is that's a, a, a strong hunger in your life that you say, you know what, this Monday, man, that, that entire day, I'm going to prepare myself for, for Monday night prayer that I show up at that land. And, and whatever it is, if it's social media, maybe for some of you, it's just like, man, I, I'm, I'm fasting Whataburger. I don't know what it is. But that you would fast. See, when I fast, these things, what I'm doing is shutting down all these appetites, these hungers that are ruling my life. And I'm saying, God, I want, I want you to restore my hunger for you. You know, I'm, I know I'm just a man up here. And I'm just, I'm just telling you, would you step with me into this realm that God is calling us to step into? That we as a church could step in supernaturally into a, a realm of saying, God, this is a historic moment. How crazy it is that, God, you've trusted us enough to bless us with 108 acres. I want to ask our worship team to come and they're going to lead us in that new song they led us just a few moments ago where it says make room.
You know, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He has also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man cannot find out, comprehend, grasp what God has done his overall plan from the beginning to the end. I just, as they lead us in this song, I want to encourage you just to close your eyes. Would you just begin to ask God to restore a hunger for his presence? Restore the hunger for His power in your life. Ask God, God, would you give me a hunger for the lost? God, would you give me such a hunger to care about this next generation? God, as I prepare my heart, God, as we prepare as a church tonight, Father, I pray that the moment we walk on that land, God, with our families, we step on that ground, we understand, God, that we need to be full of you, God. God, may we hear your voice. God, speak to us of the sacrifices. Speak to us, God. God, may we make room for you, God, through our hunger tonight. God, may we make room for you. God, we want to make room for you tonight, God. God, we want to push down all of these hungers that have been controlling our lives. And God, we realize tonight, God, this is a moment, God. God, we step into this. God, create a fresh hunger. God, a new hunger in our heart for your presence. God, fill us full of you, God. Fill us full of your presence tonight. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you have been encouraged by the ministry of Creekwood Church and would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at creekwoodchurch.com or on our Creekwood Church app. For directions, service times, and more information about the ministries of Creekwood Church, please visit our website at creekwoodchurch.com.